In preparation for our sermon this morning, which is on Luke chapter 7, verse 11 through 17, we'll be reading from three different passages, two from the Old Testament, one from the New. And our first passage from the Old Testament is from 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning at verse 17. The uh, passage for the sermon this morning uh, has Jesus raising a mother's son. So the two passages from the Old Testament are uh, occurrences where sons are risen from the dead. And uh, one is Elijah raising a son, and the other is Elisha, two different prophets, two major prophets, great prophets from the Old Testament. So we'll read from 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 17 through to verse 24. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill. And his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. And she said to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. And he said to her, Give me your son. And he took him from her arms and carried him up into the upper chamber where he lodged and laid him on his own bed. And he cried to the Lord, O Lord, my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord, my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. And the life of the child came into him again, and he revived And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, and we will read together verses 18 through to 37. When the child had grown... He went out one day to his father among the reapers. And he said to his father, Oh, my head, my head. The father said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon. And then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him. And went out. 
Then she called to her husband and said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys, that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said, Why will you go, on, go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. She said, All is well. Then she saddled the donkey, and she said to her servant, Urge the animal on. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Look, there is the Shunammite. Run at once to meet her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, All is well. And when she came to the mountain to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet. And Gehazi came to push her away. But the man of God said, Leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, Did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, Tie up your garment and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not reply. And lay my staff on the face of the child. Then the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child. But there was no sound or sign of life. Therefore he returned to meet him and told him, The child has not awakened. When, when Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked once back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself upon him. The child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, Call this, this Shunammite. So he called her. And when she came to him, he said, Pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. Our last passage that we'll read together in preparation is from Luke chapter 7. The verses prior to our sermon passage. So Luke chapter 7, verse 1 through 10. And this will give us the context prior to uh, the sermon passage. It will tell us where Jesus is and what activities he is doing. So Luke chapter 7, verse 1. After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. 
Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. With them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me, and I say to the one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. Our scripture text for the sermon this morning is from Luke chapter 7, verse 11 through 17. We'll read this together. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. Brothers and sisters of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the passage we have before us this morning presents a marvelous and miraculous event, a resurrection. Jesus raises a a widowed mother's son to life. And this is an important and defining moment 
in the ministry of Jesus. Earlier in Luke's Gospel, in chapter 4, Jesus announces that he is the messianic servant spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. The messianic servant who is anointed with the Spirit. And his Spirit-led ministry has brought him to visit Nain. It is here that he demonstrates before the crowds who he truly is. The Lord of hope. The God of great compassion and power. With the ability to restore the dead to life. The world around us has great difficulty accepting that the dead can be raised to life. Some argue that it is simply impossible, so there must be another explanation. It can become such a, a stumbling block for so many. And as believers, as God's covenant children, we not only confess this to be possible, but a fact a constant truth. And we place all our hope in this certainty that Jesus overcomes death. This morning I will proclaim to you this comforting gospel message under this theme and points. Our theme this morning, visiting Nain, our Lord grants us hope when faced with death. We'll look at three points. First, our Lord sees the grieving mother. Second, our Lord restores life to the dead. And thirdly, our Lord be glorified. Our first point then, our Lord sees the grieving mother. Previously, the, the Lord was in Capernaum on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. He healed the, the servants of a centurion there. And now he travels southwest to the town of Nain. And something that our text does not mention is that this town sits along the northern foot of, the, of a mountain, Mount Moray, also known as the Hill of Moray. And Nain is not a large town. It's probably the same size, the population is probably the same as what we have sitting here this morning. Between 150 to 100, uh, 200 people. And so we envision, as verse 11 mentions, a great crowd of followers, the disciples and Jesus visiting this small town that's nestled under a mountain. And when the Lord approaches this community, a funeral procession is taking place, and a man is being carried out through the gate. And we must know that this is no coincidence. If the Lord was delayed an hour, the man possibly would have been buried already. And if Jesus arrived an hour earlier, 
the dead man would have been still within the city limits, the town limits. No, the Lord, the Master, purposely visits Nain at this precise moment. There is intention in his movements. A man is being carried out. The only son of his mother. Also, his mother is a widow. And we can imagine this to be a most grievous situation. The mother has lost a husband, and now she has lost her only son. Although she is not alone because of the considerable crowd around her, where she is surely receiving support from the small village, she is alone in her great despair. Or is she? Our Lord Jesus is near. He sees her in her despair. And he visits her. Jesus visits the mother in her time of deep despair. No one has invited him to the funeral. But there he is. He acts on his own accord. Jesus comes and he sees the grieving mother in her time of need. He is not blind to her needs. Jesus comes and has compassion on her. The Greek word used here for compassion contains a deep inward emotion, indicating that this compassion is coming from the deepest core of the Lord's being. It's in his very nature to seek out the grieving mother. Such deep compassion he had for her. The only thing that surpasses the mother's deep grief is our Lord's deep compassion. And Jesus speaks to her. He seeks to comfort her with his words. He says to her, Do not weep. The words themselves are, are filled with compassion and love. Do not weep. And his words to the mother are not insincere or powerless, without meaning. No, they have substance to them. They provide hope and promise. And this is nothing new. Our Lord always speaks words of promise and hope. When the Israelites were in Egypt, the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, noticed their grievous situation. In Exodus chapter 3, God says to his people, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt. And I promise that I will bring you up 
out of the affliction. The Lord God saw the Israelites and promised them deliverance. And he did deliver them out of Egypt. Our Lord Jesus sees the mother and delivers her from her affliction as well. He restores her son to life and gives him back to her, comforting her and restoring her joy. Jesus is in fact revealing to us that he is God incarnate, God in the flesh, visiting his people. He is the sovereign Lord of life. The God of compassion and hope who sees his people and provides deliverance from grief and sorrow. Death and despair. Are we experiencing great despair, brothers and sisters? Mothers of all ages, Are you struggling with despair? Have you lost a son or perhaps a daughter? Such situations can bring much pain to our hearts, cause tears to flow from our eyes and weigh heavily upon our minds. During those moments in our lives, we pray. We earnestly Pray, longing for those words of comfort from our Lord and Savior. And he, di- and he does hear our prayers. Jesus sees us in our despair. He visits his people. He is visiting with us right now. Right this very moment by His Word and His Spirit. Jesus says to us, do not weep. And these are not powerless words on a page, but they are living, active, powerful words. Our Lord is unchanging and eternal. His compassion and love never cease to exist. Do not weep. Do not despair, brothers and sisters. Our Lord is near. He sees us, and He seeks to bind up the wounds of our broken hearts. And He promises to uphold and sustain us through all life's trials. Because of this, we can look forward with anticipation to the new Jerusalem as described in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, where our great comforter will wipe away every tear from our eyes and death will be no more and there will be no mourning nor crying nor pain anymore. What an incredible future we have in our Lord Jesus. 
So in him we place our hope. And in the second point we will see why our hope is not in vain. Our second point, our Lord restores life to the dead. Our Lord Jesus visits Nain just as a a funeral procession is leaving the village gates. The procession is on the move toward the burial grounds to bury the dead son. Our Our Lord is close enough to speak to the mother. And he now touches the bier. A bier is, is a plank or, or a frame on which the young man's body would lay. It is not a coffin, but rather something that a coffin could be placed upon. So we can imagine that the, the body of this, this young man was exposed for all to see. He touches the plank. And the pallbearers stood still. They stopped. Along with the procession. And remember, there is a good number of people that are witnessing these events. A great crowd was following Jesus. And a considerable crowd from the town was attending the funeral. And we can imagine the the, the shock on the crowds when Jesus touches the plank and stops the procession. Then, just as is the case now, this action would be considered inappropriate, certainly outside of of social and societal norms. If a stranger were to touch the the coffin and stall the pallbearers while we were walking to the graveside, many of us would either raise our our eyebrows in shock, or we would furrow them in in confusion, possibly even anger. But this is the Spirit-led ministry of our Lord Jesus. He touches the plank. He confronts the uncleanliness associated with dead bodies. He is not afraid of the filthiness of the son's body. His purpose is to overcome the the core of man's misery, sin. And what ails the man on the plank? Death, a result of sin. This man is completely and utterly dead as a result of sin in the world. Jesus stops the procession. And he speaks a second time. This time to the young man laying on the plank. He says, Young man, I say to you, arise. And what happens? The dead man sits up and begins to speak. The young man's dead body 
comes to life. Within an instant of Jesus speaking the word, arise, his heart, lungs, brain, all his senses instantly begin to function. He sits up and is able to speak. What a, and what a, what a shocking turn of events. Where there was once grief and mourning quickly becomes gasps of astonishment and joy. The words of the Lord Jesus contain the power to grant life and deliverance. The same life-giving power that brought Adam into existence in the very beginning gives life to this very, this once very dead young man. And this is a significant moment in the history of redemption. Romans 5 verse 12 tells us that death entered the world through sin. The sin of Adam roughly 4,000 years earlier than our passage. In 1 Kings, we read that Elijah was able to raise the widow's son. But he needed to pray to God. He had to stretch himself upon the child three times before the Lord listened to his voice and brought life into the widow's child. But in our text... The voice of the Lord Jesus alone contained the power to bring life into the mother's son. By raising this young man, Jesus is demonstrating that he has the authority and the power to overcome both death and sin. Jesus reveals to all the onlookers that he himself restores life to a world that has fallen into death and decay. Once again, he reveals that he is God incarnate, God in the flesh, visiting his people. And why is this important? Through this demonstration, Jesus is also preparing the world for his own bodily resurrection. Since he is able to raise others from the dead in his own power and authority, he is also able to raise himself from the dead in the future. And we know that Jesus did lay down his life when he humbled himself unto death on the cross. And then he, in his own authority, rose three days later. His own resurrection once and for all, conquering death, removing the painful sting of sin. Jesus, by his own power and authority, restores the mother's son to life. The Lord Jesus said to Martha, the sister of Lazarus in John chapter 11, 
I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he goes on to ask Martha if she believes this. Do we believe this all to be true, brothers and sisters? Do we believe that Jesus has the power to physically, bodily raise us and others from the dead and that all who believe will never die? That he has the power to accomplish this? Some may answer this question with a yes. Yes, I believe. And what a wonderful gift of grace this is. And praise be to God for this confession of faith. For if it were not for him, we would be spiritually blind from this reality. And some sitting in the pews or at home joining us via live stream this morning may struggle with or deny the fact that a physical resurrection is possible. It's not humanly or medically possible may be the argument. Our Lord is showing us that it is possible. He is revealing to us that he has and he will restore the dead to life. And so the call is to repent and believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has the power and authority to raise up those who are dead. As we noticed here in our text, And may the Lord Jesus, by His Spirit, powerfully work within the hearts of us all today as we sit under His Word so that we may be spiritually raised up in this life and bodily raised up in the life to come. Whereas sin is the great murderer, Jesus is the remedy who gives life. And what a comforting truth it is that in His power, our Lord Jesus will raise all believers, all the saints that have left this world before us, some of whom are oh so very precious to us our miscarriages and stillborn infants, our sons and daughters, our fellow believers, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, nephews, nieces, grandpas, grandmas, grandchildren, friends. He will raise them to be with him bodily free of all ailments in the new Jerusalem. 
And this is the, the comforting power that we see when the Lord, our Lord Jesus, gives the Son who was dead but is now very much alive back to his mother. Such an act of compassion and power demands a response. And this is what we will notice in our last point. Our third point. Our Lord be glorified. After Jesus gives the young man, the well and alive young man, back to his mother, fear seizes them all and they glorify God. And this is not an out of place reaction. In Luke chapter 5, verse 26, a similar reaction is described when Jesus heals a paralytic. And now we have just witnessed a dead young man being raised to life. And this is not your everyday run-of-the-mill occurrence. The mother receives back her son from the Lord. Her life was bleak and sorrowful. And in an instant, Jesus reversed this. And we can imagine her her cycle of emotions. Shock, tears of joy, wonderment, awe, reverence. Does she hug her son first? Or does she embrace Jesus in thankfulness? So many emotions, so many thoughts. And many of these are shared by the community, the followers of Jesus, and us here this morning. All of these emotions are are brought together into one word in our text. Fear. And this fear seizes all of them. All of them. And they glorify God saying, a great prophet has arisen among us. And God has visited his people. And this is a rather interesting response. What is meant by this exclamation or these exclamations? And this we can say for certain that the crowds knew that God had sent Jesus, that he was visiting them. However, they did not completely understand who Jesus was quite yet. That he was there to redeem them, as mentioned in Luke chapter 1, verse 68. They called Jesus a great prophet. And if they knew him to be God, they would not have done this. Yet, they knew he was someone special. In our preparatory reading, we read that Elijah raised a widow's son in 1 Kings chapter 17. And in 2 Kings chapter 4, Elisha also raised a woman's son. This woman was from Shunem. And now, 
Shunem was also located at the foot of Mount Moray, not too far from the village of Nain. The raising of a, of a son is no small event. And we can imagine the community of Shunem passing on what happened from generation to generation. And naturally, the communities close by would also hear about the event, including Nain. And by way of illustration, if something out of the ordinary happened in Hamilton or Burlington or Glanbrook, I'm sure given some time, we would hear about it here in Ancaster. And we could think about this as all part of God's divine plan. Remember, Jesus came to Nain with purpose, spirit-driven. And this is no coincidence that two similar events, significant events, resurrections, occurred very close together geographically, but separated by many years. The community of Nain was, was meant to connect the dots, which they did. Yet, once the dots were connected, they were to notice the difference in the figure the lines formed. And this is what they were trying to work out. So when the people call Jesus a great prophet, they likely have Elisha in mind, and perhaps even Elijah. In Luke chapter 9, verse 18 through 19, the Lord asks, asks his disciples, Who do the crowds say that I am? And they reply, John the Baptist. But others say, Elijah, and others, that one of the prophets of old has risen. And one of the prophets of old, of course, includes Elisha. The crowds witnessing Jesus raising people from the dead, healing, and doing other miracles, are still trying to understand who Jesus is. Yet, they glorify God. They knew that God was the source behind this incredible event of providence and transforming power. And we also know. And by God's grace, we know more. We know that God is visiting the mother, not by the prophets, but in the flesh. And we know that he continues to visit us presently through the preaching of the word and the sending of his spirit. We glorify God along with the crowds for his visitation, for the revelation of Jesus' compassion and power. But will our glorifying stop at the door of the church building? Or will we also spread reports about Jesus, about his deep compassion, about his power and ability to raise the dead? 
Remember, this event took place in a small town. A small town that has roughly the same amount of people as are sitting here this morning. Yet they could spread the news about what took place throughout Judea and the surrounding country. What Jesus had done for them and for them impacted them so strongly and completely that they could not contain and keep it to themselves. They went and they told everyone who would listen. And the name that was on their lips was the name Jesus. Everyone would hear about Jesus. Everyone, including the mothers of Judea. And what joy would they receive knowing that the Lord Jesus sees them in their deep despair. That he visits them and he is able to deliver them from their grief. Mothers of Ancaster, Jesus sees you as well. Know that he seeks to comfort you. Yes, by his word and also by his spirit actively working among the body of believers. Congregation, do not neglect those grieving. Visit the grieving mother. Be there for her and have compassion on her and for her. Let her know that she is prayed for. Let her know that you are present. And in this way, she may experience the love of her Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and honor. Amen.